Every year, compliance regulations change thousands of times. And every year, ADP makes thousands of seamless platform updates so businesses can focus on everything else, like running their business. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Morning, good afternoon, good evening, or it's but already this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Well, we got a lot of NVIDIA announcements today. Some of which are important. Some of them aren't. Some of them are interesting. We got just a lot to talk about in general. Some crazy, crazy stuff this week. And quite possibly my personal favorite is our... Honestly, kind of oddly enough, not a very tinfoil hat worry about the security of the internet sort of week this week. You kind of have that every every week, every so often, where there's just like a bunch of stories that are just like, be afraid, be afraid of everything. This week, though, the best I could come up with was this absolutely hilarious headline the fbi is remotely hacking into hundreds of computers to protect them from hafnium they went inside unprotected computers to remove the threat basically what this is is exactly what it sounds like the fbi was actively going into known infected computers to remove the malware that allowed these computers to be used for other malicious attacks. So, I mean, for those who just want to go ahead and say, like, oh, you're going to be infected, you're all this, there is stuff being done, but the the other thing to also keep in mind is that a lot of these computers are just system computers. Computers that are just, they're not like the sort of computers that's just like, hey, there's always a user in front of them that's always be, being used. And if there's anything abnormal, someone would notice. These are sort of system, more like servers in a way. Computers that go ahead and have single purposes. And once they're compromised, they're just going ahead and in addition to doing their normal task, like, say, my server over in the other room that just provides me with a ton of storage for me to access, almost eight terabytes of it that that's just used for, you know, for video editing and the sort. But if someone compromised it, there would be also... They could be doing stuff in the background, stuff that's naughty, stuff that is unwanted. It's those kind of systems that the FBI is going after that's infected and used by this hacking group for all kinds of much more malicious intent. So we have that. We, we have the FBI actively going out 
and trying to shut down a giant botnet. Now, that being said, let's also go to one of the other fascinating stories of the week. Remember how we've been talking about how Google has been moving forward with removing tracking cookies from the world? Well, first, we have the state of Texas moving forward with an antitrust lawsuit against Google as evidence has come up that the Google-run ad system is giving what's what's the right word for this? Basically, the ad system is being rigged in a way from Google that it's giving preferential treatment to certain customers over others. Specifically ones that are paying them more money. Now, I'll admit in the, ca- in the case of this case, I'm not a legal expert. I don't know if there's other specific details in this case. That brings it to the level of antitrust. I am not an expert on how advertising is going to be. But on its face, I thought that's how purchasing advertisement works. But needless to say, we're going to find out more down the road, I suppose. But what is more interesting, however, is Google's future ad system. You see, currently, just about every platform out there that sells you ads uses what are called tracking cookies. These cookies are used to basically spy on everything you do on the entire internet. That much we know, right? Facebook uses them, Amazon uses them, Google uses them, Google uses them. Also, Google uses them a lot. Well, there's been more and more of a crackdown on trying to enforce people's privacy and thus... On the internet, cookies are being very bad. Despite the fact that in real life, cookies are very delicious, especially with chocolate chips. But on the internet, cookies bad. Someone in the chat just literally made the same joke I did right as I was saying it, and I love it. Because of the delay, he didn't hear it, but yeah. Anyway... Google then had an idea with instead of using tracking cookies to get very, very intimate details about you, instead using another kind of format that basically, instead of saying you, person C42069, are interested in 
I, I, I don't know, chocolate chip cookies and RVs and, uh, and solar roofs. So we're going to serve you a whole bunch of ads about chocolate chip cookies, our recreation vehicles, and solar. Instead, what they're going to do instead just say, hey, this person falls into this sort of category and this sort of category and that sort of category. So instead of just having a whole list of greatly gross details, they will instead do various generalizations and just basically in a weird sort of way just lump you into a whole bunch of stereotypes and serve ads to those that fall under certain stereotypes. Which in a weird sort of way almost accomplishes the exact same sort of thing except now it has the bad stigma of saying that Google is stereotyping everyone. Which, of course, raises a whole bunch of eyebrows. Now, I am doing a gross generalization of how the system works, because I'm not going to lie. I don't know the intimate details about how it works. Almost nobody does, other than those who are in the business. They are going to call this platform Flock, which stands for the Federated Learning of Cohorts. Can I just say the Federated Learning of Cohorts sounds like the kind of name some sort of budget MMO would come up with for guilds without using the word guild? But I digress. What's really telling, though, is the number of people who are looking at Flock and saying, No. Various browsers such as Brave, Vivaldi, Edge, and Mozilla all want no part of Google's flock. Now, it's no surprise Brave wants nothing to do with this. Brave really does market themselves as the pirate, not the piracy browser, the privacy browser. It is no surprise they want nothing to do with Flock. Vivaldi, I have no idea who the heck they even are. I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of Vivaldi until I read this article. Mozilla being out as well also is not that much of a surprise. Mozilla has been leaning themselves more and more towards being privacy-focused since, well, I mean, since their margin has been shrinking more and more and more. What else do you do to differentiate yourselves from Google Chrome? But Edge saying no. 
that's the one that is the most interesting of all these. Edge has, well, let's be honest. When it comes to Microsoft Edge, they could, they're willing to do literally anything to get a foothold. Chat is saying Vivaldi is another blocking browser. So it, it's another browser that's more privacy focused. Okay. Microsoft Edge, though, is literally, literally willing to do anything to get a foothold. They even went ahead and scrapped everything that made Edge Edge and just became yet another Chrome-based browser. Remember, Edge is Chromium-based. Microsoft's willing to do literally anything just to get more of a foothold in the browser market. And the fact that they're looking at Flock and saying no, I would say by far, without a doubt, is the most interesting of these four saying nope. Now, Opera has basically did a giant rigmarole around and doesn't want to say anything about whether they are for or against Flock. Other such outfits, such as DuckDuckGo, are blasting Flock, saying that it's going to give Google a huge unfair advantage in the ability to mine all the user's data as possible which I mean, I think kind of have a point. But I mean, let's be honest. Of, of of all the internet entities out there, you pretty much knew DuckDuckGo was going to be against any anything that gathers any kind of data ever because that's DuckDuckGo's whole thing. It's being the anti-Google Google. So I guess we're going to see what is the future of Flock. Now, also to the surprise of literally no one, the Electronic Frontier Foundation also came out of the gate saying Flock is a terrible idea and you should feel bad for possibly ever supporting it. But again, that's also no real surprise that the Electronic Frontier Foundation would be against it as well. So what does this mean for anyone? Right now, nothing. If you're using, if you're using Chrome, there is a chance that you are part of the launch beta for flocks. But in the end, pretty much almost no matter where you go on the internet, your data is being mined. You are going to be tracked. Even if you browse in incognito mode, I hate to break it to you, 
you are being tracked one way or another. The only difference is that because Flock is new, it is doing it in ways that previous tools for blocking any sort of tracking will not work. I mean, let's be honest. If you are very paranoid about whether you're being tracked or not, you're already using Brave as your web browser or Mozilla, and you already set your default search engine to DuckDuckGo. Unless you're just learning about this, in which case you're doing those things right now. I will say I've been using Mozilla at work and it actually is working way better than it used to. Not going to lie. For a while, Mozilla just used to be just an unstable mess as the internet began to support more and more of the basic features of Chrome. But it's actually very doable. So that is the current status of Flock. We'll be monitoring it more as more and more entities of the internet either come out in support of Flock or try to sue Google into oblivion because of Flock. You know that's what's going to happen. It's going to be one of the two. It's either going to be, yeah, okay, or I will destroy you. No in-between. Oh, by the way, a um, couple of very uh, odd things did happen this week. The um, The online cryptocurrency exchange system known as Coinbase went public. Going public, for those who don't know, means that shares of a company can now be traded by the public. Yes, that means Coinbase now has a stock that can be bought on the stock market. Coinbase, by far, is one of the more mainstream cryptocurrency exchanges but here's the th- here's the funny thing when coinbase went public first off it raised a stupid amount of money like so high that it shouldn't even be feasibly it, it makes no sense why so many people went on board for it like it literally makes no sense But here's what, where things went interesting. The, the price of pretty much all crypto spiked because Coinbase went public. You know what else spiked? You, you know what, what spiked. Dogecoin spiked. Dogecoin actually went to a value that actually mattered. So Dogecoin, for those who don't know, 
is a joke cryptocurrency. It basically works the exact same as another cryptocurrency called Litecoin, except there is no cap to what can be mined, which is pretty much why I have never been in support of trying to invest in Dogecoin. But of course now everyone is laughing at me because basically Elon Musk just shot the price up by tweeting a photo. The currency spiked, I'm not even kidding, from $0.07 per unit all the way up to $0.41 per unit. At at the time of recording this podcast, Dogecoin currently sits at $0.28 per unit. It has been trending down and creeping up a little bit. And that's pretty much where it sits right now. I have a feeling that eventually Dogecoin's going to slump back down to single-digit cents. But here is something that a lot of people are kind of taking the wrong way. Just about everyone is saying that... Dogecoin went up both because of Elon Musk and because people could now buy it because Coinbase went public and therefore that name of that exchange is just now that much more well known to everyone who's not in the know. It's a great theory, right? There's one problem. You can't buy Dogecoin on Coinbase. In fact, Dogecoin is not supported by a lot of the crypto exchanges. The only two I know of that you can get it is on Robinhood, whose name is pretty much Mud because of their very, very sketchy behavior. And Crypto. An exchange that uh, somehow feels professional and jank as hell at the same time. So where's Dogecoin going to go? Should you buy Dogecoin? I don't know. I really don't know. The whole cryptocurrency has always been one that the price of it has never made logical sense. Because in the end, the only thing behind a cryptocurrency is the blockchain powered by every single cryptocurrency miner's GPU. That's it. There is no entity behind Dogecoin. There, there is no centralized anything behind, and well, any cryptocurrency. 
The value of a cryptocurrency is only based on what others are willing to pay for it. That's it. If it were me, first off, I would not invest any three-digit number. I wouldn't. I personally would wait to wait to watch Dogecoin dip a bit more because we see it trending down as people are getting off the high of Elon Musk tweeting a dog barking at a moon. The other thing is also, you know, finding a system to invest that you trust. I should also state that chat does not know the definition of digits. I just want to point that out. Decimal places are not considered digits. They are considered a decimal. $1.99 is not three digits. I'm sorry. It isn't. That's not how that works. That's not how anything works. The other thing I'm also going to point out is that I am not a financial expert. I've in fact said multiple times on this podcast... I do not understand cryptocurrency because the, the when push comes to shove, cryptocurrency makes no logical sense. Because all its value is based on, once again, is the hopes and dreams of everyone else who buys and sells cryptocurrency and nothing else. That's it. All right, let's shift gears real quick. Twitch has cracked down on fake engagement and has actually deleted seven and a half million accounts that were associated with viewbotting. Seven and a half million Twitch accounts. And this actually did cause a noticeable impact on a lot of Twitch streamers. I personally lost about... I actually just saw my follower account dip again. I lost about a dozen accounts during this purge. And honestly, I thought because of the timing, I was actually... I took time off because of getting my second COVID shot. So I actually wasn't streaming for like a week. When I came back, I noticed my follower count dipped by about a dozen. And 
And then, of course, as I say that, I have just completely nuked my ability to view my chat. chat. There we go. Other bigger Twitch streamers have reported they have lost millions of followers. Now, keep in mind, that doesn't mean that... These streamers did anything bad. A lot of these bots go ahead and follow streamers for the sole purpose of spamming links, whether it be for view botting, which I have actually had to delete quite a few in the past, or just other tools that are actually not legitimate. Because an account lost a large chunk of followers because they were viewbotted does not mean that those streamers themselves went ahead and tried to illegitimately increase their follow count. That is not what I'm saying. Heck, I can recall actually very early in my streaming career, someone thought they were doing me a favor and paid for 100 follows without my knowledge. And I was, that that was actually a very strange experience because we went from like a dozen follow, a dozen viewers and then just slowly crept up to a hundred. I had no idea what the heck was going on. And then towards the end of the stream, all of a sudden, like that, in an instant, we were back down to like nine. And then later on, a rando that came in, fessed up that they did it, thought they were helping out a small, a small up-and-coming streamer. It's just like, no. No, you have not. In fact, actually, one of the replies in the Twitch thread on Twitter saying, hey, we're getting to the bottom of this. Some guy was just like, I, I worked my butt off for 600 followers, and now I'm down to 463. Are you saying none of those followers are real? Yes. And it's not their fault. It's just quite possible that you had that many bots try to follow you. Someone in chat asks, in what world is that helping? The thought process is... The higher your follower count is, the further up in the engagement chain you will be, and therefore the more actual viewers you get. That's the thought process. However, Twitch already calculates this in. And in the end, it doesn't help, and if you're caught doing it yourself, it can actually hurt you algorithmically. So there is a logic for doing it, but it just, it doesn't help. It absolutely doesn't help. View botting never, ever helps any streamer. Just don't do it and just 
don't be that guy that goes ahead and tries to do it to others. So we're going to take a break here when we come back. We have some interesting Microsoft news and, of course, some big, big NVIDIA news to cover as well. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so Microsoft has made some moves. They have bought the speak recognition company Nuance, who is actually the brainchild behind Siri's speech recognition for 19.7 billion dollars not gonna lie that is not a small number and this is really showing that uh, despite the fact that Microsoft is showing a bit of Google in the way they handle projects like Google is very very quick to take an axe to any program they deem unworthy. And let's be honest, there is only one reason you spend this kind of money on speak recognition if you're Microsoft. You plan on making your Cortana assistant viable. Right now, there's no secret. When it comes to the top three digital assistance it's the ecosystem that's Amazon's for those who don't know and I'm trying to do everything in my power to not say words it's app, It's then Apple Siri in a close second and then after that it's Cortana That's the big three. And Cortana, for the most part, does not have all that much third-party integration. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that because I actually forgot a very big one. I would... Let me rephrase that because I have made a, a horrible error. And people and once people realize I made this mistake, they're going to send me hate email. They already have. This podcast isn't even out yet for consumption. People are already sending me hate email about this one. First up, in slot number one, is the ecosystem. In number two, a very close number two, is the Google Voice Assistant. Number three, then, is Siri. And then number four is Cortana. And then number five would then be Other. And that's where we'd find Bixby 
people in the chat trying to say number three is Bixby. Nobody uses Bixby. Literally no one. And I say this as someone who has freaking the top end Samsung phone and a Samsung watch as well. Chat says that Bixby has higher rates than Cortana. I don't believe you. I'm not sure how Bixby can be higher than Cortana. That would imply Cortana has a negative number. Because Bixby's rate is zero. No mortal uses Bixby. I take that back. The developers of Bixby use Bixby. And that's it. Nobody uses Bixby. You cannot convince me people use Bixby. You've managed to somehow convince me that people use, that people do buy consoles just for the sports game, which, by the way, those people are stupid. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not sorry. If you go ahead and you buy a PS5 just for FIFA, you're stupid. Chat says no one uses Cortana. I know two people who who unironically use Cortana. That's two more that use Bixby. I probably know the only two people in existence who use Cortana, though. I do admit, I do admit that. <laughs> Someone else in chat says the only person I know that uses Cortana is Master Chief. I, I'm not even kidding. I actually do know someone who actually has Cortana turned on on their Windows laptop because they want to have that Iron Man feel. And that's pretty much it. And pretty much all I could do was just shrug my head and go, as long as you're happy. As long as you're happy. Bixby, on the other hand, has always been awful. Bixby is terrible. But that being said... It's clear that unlike what you'd expect from Microsoft, they want Cortana to be viable because there's no reason you'd spend nearly $20 billion for better voice recognition unless you were actually serious. Even at Microsoft, $20 billion is not a small number. So like most, nor- most average people... 20 billion is I am set for life and then some change money. But to Microsoft, it's still a decent sized number. So will this show down the road that we're going to see a massive refresh of Cortana? Most likely. Most likely. Someone in chat theorizes that uh, they are buying Nuance just to spite Apple. I think that also plays into the deal. I actually don't know if Apple still uses Nuance for Siri. I think they have moved on to an in-house system. 
since then, I think. Granted, it's been a it's it's been a while since we talked about voiced assistants at all. I think of the last time we talked about voiced assistants, we were happy that the Bixby button is gone on the new Samsung S21. Although, let me tell you what's infuriating. On this phone, what do you think is the way you would shut down this Samsung phone? You would think, hold in the power button, right? If I hold in the power button... It opens up Bixby. Which still asks me to set it up because I've never set it up because screw Bixby. Awful system. Awful. Now, Microsoft needs to figure out some way to make up that money, right? 20 billion isn't just going to grow on trees. Well, they have went ahead and they have launched the Surface 4 laptops. And I'm not going to lie. The configurations for the Surface 4 laptops are baffling. Now, I have not seen a teardown of these laptops yet. I am hoping they are still... They're more repairable than their first gens, I'm hoping. The first gen Surface laptops, for those that don't know, they were literally disposable laptops. There was no repairability in them whatsoever. The instant you open them, they were destroyed. It was basically laptop guts pumped full of glue and then the chassis. They've gotten better since then. I don't know if they've gone backwards to that sort of thing. And that's always a concern whenever I talk about these sort of laptops. What's interesting about the Surface 4 laptop is the CPU. We have options for either A, Intel 11th Gen mobile processors or Ryzen 4000 series mobile processors 4000 series for those who don't know is last gen Ryzen whereas Intel 11th gen is current gen Intel I suspect the chip shortage has a lot to do with that There also is one option for a last-gen Intel Core i5 in case you hate yourself. Now, on the Ryzen chips, you're going to get more battery life. But if you're hoping for certain color combinations, you might be out of luck for whatever reason. The Ryzen processors in the 13-inch model only come in gray. The 11th gen Intel processors come in all four colors, except for their highest end Core i7, 32 gigabytes, one terabyte of storage. That only comes in black. Also on the Ryzen processors, processors you cannot get 
top-end RAM and storage with the Ryzen chips for whatever adequately explored reason. Despite the fact the Ryzen processor has, well, better performance in most cases, you cannot pair it with 32 gigs of RAM or 512 gigs of storage or one terabyte of storage. But they are the cheaper option compared to the Intel ones. In the 15-inch model, it is also the cheaper options. But again, you can't get high-end storage configurations with them. Microsoft is clearly treating the Ryzen option as the budget option, despite the fact that performance per watt Ryzen crushes the Intel options. And I do mean crushes. So it's a bit disappointing to see. But it is what it is. Epic Games has secured $1 billion in funding to help create its Quote, long-term vision for the metaverse. Which I'd assume is to get more and more characters that nobody asked for into Forknife. And including, and 200 million of this is from Sony. My disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. So for those who thought that the only thing that Epic Games cares about right now is becoming the next Steam, um, nope, they still care about their games, at least getting crossovers that nobody asked for. So there is that. On the other hand, in their Epic Game Store area, they have lost over $300 million in buying Epic Game Store exclusives. Which, that in itself, honestly, it blows me away that Epic is willing to spend $300 million to piss off PC gamers. But you got those exclusives. You have now forced more and more people to have to go get the Epic Game Store. So that was worth it in the end, right? Right? <sighs> grumble, grumble, grr, grumble. Can you tell I don't like the Epic Game Store? I really, really don't. Now, at the same time, Epic has created Core. It is a platform that is launching for free on Epic Games for anyone to be able to develop games. There are a couple other platforms like it, but the idea of this is to make tons of 
game, tons of different games all across the board, team-based multiplayer shooters, RPGs, side-scrollers, and, and of the like. But their goal with this is to also give developers the ability to monetize them. Oh boy. Yes, to take these free games and monetize them with uh, things like in-app purchases. For purchasing in-game cosmetics or full-on monthly subscriptions. And it's offering a revenue share of 50%. Does anyone else want to point out the uh, the odd bit of irony here? Anyone? Anyone want to say it? All right, here. I'll I'll put it out there. You remember how Epic is starting an entire huge lawsuit about how 30% of a revenue cut is too much? You know, the, the whole big controversy, this whole massive lawsuit against Apple for daring to take 30% of uh, Fortnite's revenue. But here, you're going to go ahead and take 50. You you don't see what the uh, what the problem here is. Okay. All right. Now you have fun with that. I should actually quickly re-say this because I actually got my info a bit mixed up here. It is not from Epic. This is from a developer. This platform is being launched by a platform called Manticore Games. But they're partnering with Epic to make it exclusively on the Epic Game Store. And they're trying to pin themselves as, like, quote, the YouTube of of video game development. Someone in chat asks, what about the platform costs plus the development engine costs? Um... That might be how they justify it.
I don't know. I am not 100% sure. We're going to take a break here when we come back. All that NVIDIA news I was talking about, including one little story about how the chip shortage could be spreading to other components of your PC. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so you thought the chip shortage was just going to affect cars, CPUs, GPUs, game consoles, and pretty much any other bit of technology in your life. Oh, no, 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 no. There is a concern that hard drives and SSDs are going to be in short supply as cryptocurrency that mines using hard drives and storage begin to emerge. So the thought of using hard drives and SSDs to mine for cryptocurrency isn't new. It has been a thing for a while, but the amount you'd make with it was never useful, like, at all. The problem with the storage-based ones was that if you went ahead and got, even if you went ahead and, and let's even pretend you had the system that had device controllers to be able to handle this many hard drives at once, if you ignored that cost, you wouldn't make enough money to be able to power it just on mining the, the on just the hard drives. It was something like the return on investment was something like six years, assuming your power was free just on the investment of the hard drives alone. Well, concern now that the price of of various cryptocurrencies as a whole is going up is that these sort of hard drive-based cryptocurrencies might become profitable, and then the purchasing of storage is going to go through the roof. Oh, boy. So, should we be concerned? Maybe. We won't know until later, I suppose. It could be quite possible that cryptocurrency just crashes in a couple of weeks. Because, again, cryptocurrency is only worth what other people are willing to pay for it. And in the end, it's all digital and it's just that faith is the only value that's behind any cryptocurrency at all. Speaking of cryptocurrencies, NVIDIA 
NVIDIA, NVIDIA, NVIDIA. So let's backtrack a little bit before we get into this story. During one of the earliest cryptocurrency mining booms, this was when Ethereum started launching as one of the go-to cryptocurrencies to mine with GPUs. Around that time, NVIDIA was just blown away by the sheer volume of GTX 1060s that were being bought up. Specifically this card, because it was power efficient, it was easy to obtain because they were so widely mass produced, and the return on investment was low. It was a GPU card that made sense to mine with. So that GPU was incredibly popular, incredibly so. Well, that's great for NVIDIA, right? That means that they sell a bunch of those cards and everything is fine. Except not. For you see, when the next generation came out and you had the GTX 1660, 1660 Ti, and RTX 2060, those sales were very low. And that was a twofold problem. One, the cost of that section of the market went up dramatically. Normally, the 60 series is like a $200 card, if that. In the 2000 series, it was a three to $400 card. And then on top of that, the used market was flooded flooded with tons upon tons upon tons of GTX 1060s that were used for mining and there was a stigma about these cards they were just like oh but that card was used to mine with now it's not good enough to game with and a lot of people thought that but the truth of the matter is is that It's still a GPU. It can still game. And the wear and tear on a GPU does not affect its performance all that much. It just means that it has a lot of wear and tear on it. It might, it's probably just going to die sooner. That's all. So enter the 3060. Armed with this knowledge. NVIDIA launched the RTX 3060 and it was the only GPU with this lock on it to prevent cryptocurrency miners from accessing the full hash power of the 3060. That's the sole reason. To make sure they don't have a repeat of what happened with the 1060. But there's a problem. We talked about it about a month ago. A driver leaked that did not have the limiter built into it. So there were RTX 60s out there that you could, in fact, 
just install this leaked driver on it and you have access to the full hashing power of the 3060. So the original NVIDIA plan was to say the 3060 you can't mine on, but we'll go release specifically engineered cryptocurrency mining cards that you can mine on. But those won't have video out and therefore can't be resold. By the way, still a scummy move, NVIDIA. I still hate it. At least give one video out so at least they can have some kind of life. But no, we're just going to manufacture e-waste. Thanks. Thanks, NVIDIA. Well, thanks to that leaked driver, this plan is now shot. So here's what NVIDIA is going to do. They're going to make a new, different RTX 3060. Specifically, this one is going to be the GA106-3 so it's going to be a brand new GPU die and this would replace the GA106-300 that is currently on all current RTX 3060s that way the driver would not be compatible and the unhackable card lives on So win-win, right? I hate this. I hate this so much. Here's what it's going to mean. It's going to mean, if this report is correct, I want to stress that. If this is a report, this is not for certain. But if this report is correct... This means you're going to have two different kinds of RTX 3060s out there. And in fact, you're going to have no idea which is which. Which means any sort of tools, driver updates are going to be heavily dependent on which card you have. And what if it finds out that the GA106-302 has a flaw in it, but the previous versions do not. Heck, we saw this before with certain variations of the Which one was it? Was it the 1060 that had both a 6 gig and a 3 gig variant? but there were radically different variants in their clock speed. But because of the branding, you had no idea what you were getting unless you looked deep into the technical specs. First, it's quite possible you end up with that sort of nonsense again. It might not be as big a difference, but now you may never know. And also NVIDIA can have their unhackable GPU mining card That will, let's be honest, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. It will eventually be hacked. Not it may, not it might, it will be hacked.
It is inevitable. Speaking of odd moves, MSI has discontinued its RTX 3080 Gaming X Trio card, and all e-tailers have canceled the pre-orders for this particular card. After manufacturing what we can only assume is only five cards, because I am I am fully on board of the conspiracy theory that only six of every single RTX 3000 series card has been manufactured, and everyone who claims to have one has just been passing it around trying to be in on the joke that these cards exist when they don't. I'm on board for this theory. Who else is with me? But they are killing this card because it is going to be replaced by the gaming Z trio. Which is going to be an upgraded version of the card. And more importantly, to MSI anyway, will cost more. I see. I see. You're you're not going to price hike the card. Instead, you're going to discontinue it, replace it with another card that's just has a software tweak on it, but then still increase the price. This is very anti-consumer and I really hate it. But it's also just a circumstance of the current shortage. Although apparently the there is a material difference. The backplate is going to be changed from graphene to metal. So at least there's that. How much longer until other manufacturers do this? You already kind of see this from other board partners. They are scalping their own prices just because they have to. Not because they want to, because but because they have to. They can't get the GPUs, and they have bills to pay, so they're increasing the price to make sure they can pay their own bills. I hate the shortage. I really do. And then on top of that, people are buying them up like nobody's business and then scalping them for absurd prices. You know what? Real quick for funsies. Let's head on to eBay. How much is the MSI Gaming X Trio 3080 going for it is going for oh my god two thousand dollars two thousand dollars some offers going as high as twenty five hundred dollars ah 
hang in there, little GTX 1060. We'll, we'll see the days of letting you retire one of these days. One of these days. Some others are speculating this chip charge is going to be going until 2023. God, I hope they're wrong. NVIDIA has also, however, announced a new CPU specifically for the data center. This is going to be an ARM-based data-centered CPU specifically for AI and other such applications. Supposedly, this CPU is going to be 10 times better in certain applications than current x86 CPUs. I'm just going to say this right now. If this sort of trend continues, I don't know what future AMD has. I really don't. And you want to know why there's rumors of a 96-core Epic processor from AMD? This is why. It's not because Intel can't catch them and they want to get further ahead. No, it's because ARM is catching up. It kind of almost makes you feel even worse for Intel. I'll tell you one thing. I do not envy the current R&D team at Intel. All new hires, all getting in, all trying to develop everything to what they want compared to what the old guard left them. And now not only do I have to deal with the behemoth that is now AMD, but also deal with the growing threat of ARM. And then on top of that, you have NVIDIA and MediaTek both wanting to bring RTX graphics to ARM laptops. So they're talking about bringing their high-end RTX GPUs to low-power, ultra-efficient ARM laptops as well. Hey, if you want to go ahead and uh, put more chips into the Switch Pro is real bucket, this is it right here. This is a bigger sign the Switch Pro is going to be real and it's going to probably be running on an RTX GPU with DLSS, there we go. I was about I was about to say OSSC for the acronym, and I know that's not correct for DLSS, deep learning super sampling. To take a low-end image, a low-resolution image, and upscale it using AI to high resolutions. And then, of course, you have NVIDIA to create their new SOC that is going to combine a lower-end version of their data center ARM CPU with their Ampere GPU 
to be used in more traditional consumer devices. The interesting thing here is that Ampere has been a very power-hungry architecture. Not like Fermi levels of power-hungry, where it... Like, if you let a Fermi GPU, you could probably cause a blackout with it. It was... That thing would chug power and vomit out heat like nobody's business. Ampere does consume a lot of power and does consume it in massive spikes. I am actually very curious what a low-end power-sipping Ampere GPU looks like. I am legit curious. And to see it kind of starting to show up more and more in these ARM-based computers it's very fascinating ooh i just had a thought what if in AM, or what if uh, nvidia does make a low power 25 watt pop in pci express card it could resurrect the old model of just grabbing a small form factor optiplex throwing in a gpu and bam instant mainstream gaming system instant gaming console in fact ooh that could be interesting nvidia also announced their new not totally not quadro line of graphic cards for both desktop workstations and laptops and that's all i'm going to call these gpus from now i'm going to call them totally not quadros so for those who don't remember nvidia officially killed the quadro name quadros for those who don't know were the professional gpus there was the geforce cards those are the ones you use in your gaming rigs there's the titan cards those were the super high-end enthusiast gaming cards that basically people just memed about but never actually used in production, but they could do some workstation tasks. There were the Quadros, which were fine-tuned and verified to work with all kinds of professional applications. These are the ones you'd see for VFX, for engineering, for all kinds of computer applications. And then there were the Tesla cards. The Tesla cards were GPUs specifically designed for data centers and supercomputers. They had no video out and they were just pretty much designed to just use the server's cooling system, not their own. NVIDIA baffling the world everywhere no longer calls a Quadro card a Quadro card or a Titan card a Titan card. It is now just called the RTX A2000, A3000, A4000, and A5000 GPUs. Or the A10 and the A16. The A, of course, just stands for Ampere which is the architecture of the RTX 3000 series. So here's my question. What was the point of killing the name if you're just going to make everything more confusing?
it's these kind of moves that I absolutely hate out of NVIDIA. It makes no sense. And it is just an absolute nightmare to try and comprehend. But hey, what are you going to do? It's just NVIDIA being freaking NVIDIA. Wanting to just spread as much chaos as they can across the world. But you know what? There's at least one good thing out of this announcement. Um, they have NVIDIA has straight up said there is not going to be a new GPU architecture this year. Ampere Next is not going to be coming until 2022. It's unclear at this point whether Ampere Next is going to be a reference to the fact that next GPUs are going to be a refinement of Ampere or if Ampere Next is just code for whatever's after Ampere. Of course, we won't know until 2022. Maybe by then GPUs will exist again. Maybe. But only maybe. Oh, by the way, uh, the virtualization limiter that was built into GeForce cards has now been hacked. So normally you need a Quadro card in order to do GPU virtualization. This is mostly done because, well, there's just like minor tweaks that are done on totally not Quadro cards. To make sure that everything works as smooth as butter. And then the GeForce cards are just kind of, they're more intended for gaming, but they can do other stuff, but not as flawlessly as a fine-tuned Quadro can. But there's been a virtualization lock to make sure that no one can just save a ton of money by just getting a GeForce card instead of a Quadro card. Well, guess what? That's been frickin' broken too. Yep, totally unhackable, NVIDIA. Totally unhackable. Good job. Meanwhile, over at Team Red, they have announced six new CPUs, and all of these are Ryzen 5000 series CPUs that have integrated GPUs in them. Oh, that's great and all. Finally, we can go ahead and get integrated graphic cards both for troubleshooting for PCs in case our GPUs die and we still want to get in and get a little bit of life out of it. Or just for diagnostic purposes. Or maybe I just want to go ahead and make a basic computer to play some sort of esports title. That's great. There's just one problem. You can't buy these GPUs. Nope. You can't. No matter how hard you try. No matter how much you beg. No matter how much you beg AMD to sell you this CPU, they won't. 
These are only for system integrators. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually really disappointed by this. Like, obviously, for a gaming PC, you're going to go get a discrete GPU. But let's pretend you're not a lunatic like me. Let's pretend you don't have spare little 25-watt GPUs laying around all over the place just for diagnostic purposes. Having an integrated GPU is fantastic for being able to just do basic diagnostics in case your dedicated GPU does die or just stops working for whatever reason. Plug into the integrated one, bing, bang, boom, you can be up and running. Ooh, well. What can you do? We're going to take our last break here when we come back. Some brand new cell phones were announced by TCL. And then, well, some a bit more Apple news. And, of course, our weird stories. And, oh, boy, are they weird nightmarish ones this time around. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, well, someone had to fill the void of wonky concept phones, and TCL appears to be the one that's going to be filling in the gap with a foldable and rollable phone. So this folding display phone, what it's going to do is that it's going to have an outward fold, meaning that the fragile screen is going to be on the outside and fold into a shape more traditional of a phone but when it's unfolded you can also unroll you can also slide one part of the phone further up to expand the screen even further when this thing is completely unfurled this phone can turn into a 10 inch tablet It's a very interesting concept until you have, uh, you, you are then reminded just at how easily this kind of screen can scratch. And that's pretty much where these kind of concept devices really fall apart for me. It's a real, I love the idea. I really do. But the durability of these screens needs, underline, needs to be addressed. This phone will start at $1,500. To which I say, good luck, TCL. While they announced this, they also announced their affordable 20 series phone. And these suckers are going to be competing with a lot of other budget phones, but not going to lie. I'm not really impressed with the prices on these budget phones. 
the highest end on the, on this on this line is going to be 549 euros. The lowest end will start at 269 euros. Which isn't bad, but when you consider that some of the Nokia phones can be a, some of the Nokia smartphones, I should say, start as low as 149 phones. It's not all that impressive when it comes to budget phones. Now, then again, I mean, I'm not going to be a snob and say, Ooh, your phone's not good enough to be... I'd say more budget phones, more better, to be perfectly honest. Especially since, you know, the cost of some smartphones is just getting absolutely absurd. Some cheap, practical, usable phones that are still plenty fast are very welcome. not gonna lie if weren't for the fact that i want like a top tier camera for potentially vlogging and mobile streaming i probably would have gotten a cheaper phone than what i did but those cameras are just very attractive to me for when we're allowed to actually go outside again i just want to go outside Apple, however, has announced there is going to be an April 20th event. So next Tuesday, there is going to be a event showing an update to most likely the iPad Pro. As well as also its AirTag trackers. All right, well, we'll see. It's only a couple of days. I'm not looking for... I have mixed feelings about these Apple events, honestly. Like, on one hand, I want to see how Apple's trying to innovate. On the other hand, you know what ends up happening? I end up spending two hours to prep for a four-minute podcast. And I end up loathing those days, but at the same time... I do it all for you guys to be able to sit through the absolute self-congratulating dreck that is the these Apple keynotes to give you the point. A point that is not delivered by The Verge because The Verge is terrible at what they do. There is also a word from Bloomberg, at least, that Apple is working on an Apple TV and HomePod speaker combination system that will have a camera and be used for video conferencing while connected to the television set. I can do you one better. I think it's going to be set up as a soundbar. And the camera is going to be pretty much the centerpiece of it. Just right in the middle of the soundbar. And it's going to have a nice, pretty LED. And it's going to look fugly as heck. 
until it finally get until you finally get used to it and then it's going to be innovative. Have I not just described every single Apple device ever? It is jarring when you first look at it and then eventually you get used to it and then you're just like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm okay with it. I'd say every single Apple device since... What was the last Apple device that Apple made that actually looked amazing from the get-go? Probably one of the iPhone models. Probably the iPhone 5, actually. All right, well, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Maybe we'll see something at the 20th event. Probably not, though. They'll probably save this for WWDC, which will inevitably be all virtual. Google Earth now has a time-lapse feature, so you, too, over the course of 30 years, watch as various land masses expand, retract, lakes recede, grow, or civilizations just grow over the course of... 30 years it actually does sound pretty cool not gonna lie I had nothing more to that it was just something that just sounded cool I personally haven't taken a look at it so I'm not willing to go out and say whether it's this that or the other thing X-Wing is a company that exists outside of Star Wars, apparently. And X-Wing has, in fact, completed its first autonomous cargo flight. That is actually very, very interesting. Is this going to be the future of transportation? Cargo being shipped by autonomous planes? Like, the majority of the journey is not going to be hard. It's just maintain course and altitude for the most part. The liftoff and landing, though, that is the tricky part. Though, as chat just pointed out, the biggest crime in all of this is that the X-Wing only has two wings and is not actually a Star Wars X-Wing fighter. And we are very disappointed by this. By the way, I am only calling it X-Wing because that's how it looks on the screen. It's X-W-I-N-G. There is a decent chance it might be called Zwing or something like that. But let's be honest. If you see X-W-I-N-G, you're going to pronounce it X-Wing. But they pro- I'm willing to bet they probably call themselves Zwing to avoid any sort of copyright suing. Meanwhile, Spotify is launching out its car thing. Yes, their car thing. It is a smart player that is controlled by your voice in the car so that you can have Spotify in your car. It's a cool little bit bit of hardware and is, in fact, Spotify's only piece of hardware. This is their first and only piece of hardware they currently sell. And I love the fact they just call it 
a car thing. Chat asks, so it's basically a cell phone. No, because it does less than a cell phone. But it can live in the car. The other bit of niceness about this, though, is that it does use a physical dial to control everything. And I'm not going to lie, that actually is a big, big deal when it comes to controlling stuff in a vehicle. Like, Tesla doesn't want to think it. You can just do everything via the the touchscreen. But unless you've got, like, fancy autopilot, I mean, that's... You you want a physical dial. You want that feel when you're handling something. Now, the hardware is free during this early period for right now, but you you just need to pay their shipping costs. And as far as I'm aware, it is only available to their Spotify premium tier. Whatever it is, it is estimated that it's going to be about an $80 device. Which I'd say is fine. If you're in the Spotify ecosystem, you just want a easy way to smartify your dumb car, it's a good option. I, I like it in a weird sort of way, despite the fact that I do not do anything with Spotify. And this brings us to the last bird, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week, and easily the most horrifying tech story of 2021 and we're only four months into it ladies and gentlemen i give you the human eye shaped webcam i am dead serious someone thought it would be a good idea to make a webcam that looks like a human flesh cube with an eyeball and eyebrow that sits on the top of your monitor. And here's the worst part. It blinks. It looks around and looks like a human eyeball. I I just... I hate this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate this so much. This is the worst thing we have ever made. <laughs> Uh, but good news. If if you wanted to freak out your friends, you can go ahead and get this from somewhere. It is called the iCam. And I am currently looking to see if there is a price tag on this horrific hunk of nightmare. Personally, I think you would have to pay me money to actually go ahead and get one. It's it's awful. Just absolutely awful. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And please, I do encourage you. Check out the daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find where you found this podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, literally 
freaking everywhere. And check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. We just got hit with a whole bunch of lost accounts being followed. We could really use you to help fill in the void that Twitch took away because we had fake viewers and never knew it. Take care. And hopefully you'll tune in next time. I, I just want to know when is the high end microphone from this company going to come out that looks like a giant grotesque ear? When are the speakers that look like a human mouth going to come out from this company? I mean, if I'm going to go ahead and make a nightmare PC, I might as well make an entire huge nightmare PC. I mean, let's let's go for it. Let's go get a um a, a water cooling pump that looks like a heart. Let's go ahead and get get a, a water cooling reservoir that looks like a human stomach. Let's just go ahead and go soft tubing. Have everything wired up in, inside the PC to look like U- USB and in, in, or freaking small intestines. Let's go ahead and just have all the ports on the back look like. We're we're, we're gonna have our podcast pulled for suggesting this, aren't we? Yeah, we're probably being shadow banned now on Twitter. Well, if if you don't hear from me next week, uh, you you know that uh, that the government decided to censor us for having these thoughts, and for the most part, all we can say is, yeah, you right. Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We had to find a different way to put our passion to work. If you love your job and love what you do, every day goes on as you want it. I think how we look at art can be world-changing. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. Masks, distancing, and frequent cleaning are just the beginning. Learn more at Baltimore.org.